Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Caged In. I'm, of course, your host, Petrus Patsilovus, and if you don't know by now, this is a week-by-week Nicolas Cage film breakdown. This week, I'm going to be talking about justice or seeking justice. It depends on which territory you're living in to the title of this. I believe the US title is just, is seeking justice. The UK, no, 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 no. It's the other way around. The UK title is seeking justice. The US title is just justice, because Americans don't mess around. They just go straight to the point. They're there. They're like, right, that's it. We're going to drink bleach. We don't care. We need to get out and get back to work. But enough of me getting political, because uh, I could probably go on about that for ages, and it's not really something I've, you're here for, and I, I, I don't really want to be delving into it. Uh, but before me and my guest Phil talk about this movie, I uh, just want to say to everyone, if you like the podcast obviously most podcasts leave this bit to the end but if you like this or if you're listening i would love it if you could just go on apple Podcasts or wherever you review your podcast just leave a review but i just want to know like a little bit about your first nicholas cage film that you ever saw or your favorite and in upcoming weeks i will i will start to read them out in the intros or the outros to these episodes obviously before we jump in today's episode and see what's going down we always go over to a little corner and speak to my friend the anagram hunter who is thomas underscore w hunter on twitter and you can find him for all your anagram needs that you may have and he's provided me with another another little goodie this week will it tell us anything that we need to know about seeking justice and the anagram is i see it GCSE junk. For any international listeners, uh, GCSEs is like an exam you take around the age of 16. This, like, I hesitated there. Like That shows how long it's been since I took my GCSEs. But it's kind of whether you're going to go on to further education. Basically, where th- th- those results you're led to believe as a teenager are going to foreshadow the rest of your life and whether you are going to be a bum or whether you're going to be a success so i'm gonna go off that i see it gcse junk is this just gcse junk is this the writings of a creative writing 
16 year old who has an hour maybe an hour and a half to write a short story and seeking justice is what came of it well let's listen and find out A guy gets way in over his head and makes a deal that starts to impact his life more than he would ever imagine. He wants to get out, but they won't let him. His relationship is in the balance and he has nowhere to turn. And he gets in way over his head. This sounds like the perfect analogy for me, my life and this podcast. I tried to get out, but here I am talking again about seeking justice or justice, depending on where you live. However, I'm not alone to talk about this movie. I'm joined by one half of that dynamic duo, Those Movie Guys. Today I'm joined by Phil. How are you, Phil? I'm awesome, dude. I'm awesome. (laughs) I'm really happy to be here, dude. I (laughs) love this podcast. Well, I love your podcast. So it's a perfect... perfect, Yeah, it's a a, a perfect matchup. So before we get talking about this movie... Phil, uh, there's a couple of questions I want to ask you. I've been asking all my guests because I've come back and I'm a lot more professional than I used to be. And the first question always is, are you a Nicolas Cage fan? Absolutely. Absolutely. You asked me if I want, I'm like, I don't even care what it is. I want to be <laughs> on your show. Like I, I, when I chose one that I hadn't seen, which was it's a surprise because I try to keep up on Nick. I try to stay current with him because it doesn't matter how much the budget was, what the movie's about, it could be that next great Nick Cage. So I always want to watch the new ones and see, like, is it, is it that one? Is it Cagey Cage? Or is it just, like, shoot, like, like falling in Cage? Well, yeah, there's two Cages. For me, it's like you get these interesting, you get, like, the Mandy Cages, you get the kind of Colorado Space Cages, or you get the next cages, which is like, oh, the flip reverse, where it's kind of... Yeah, he just kind of showed up and talked a little bit, maybe ran a little bit, but <laughs> nothing else. I want I want the screaming, bug-eyed, maddening cage. And like, so we don't know what you're getting sometimes. So I try to watch as much as I can. I'm surprised I didn't watch this before. Well, seeing as you like to, yeah, keep up to date, and obviously you are a cage fan, what is the first Nicolas Cage movie you remember seeing? Honestly, the, I know I've seen other ones before this because my parents were avid uh, movie watchers. But I'd say the first one I actually remember watching was probably Snake Eyes, like physically in front of me. Like I remember watching Snake Eyes. What are like, a, yeah, I can imagine how that could have an impact on you because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it has moments of greatness, that movie, like that, that opening sequence with the kind of one shot movie. Oh, it was really cool. Yeah moving through the stands and stuff like that so yeah i mean you know i love gary sinise uh carla was it gugino yeah so there were there were some good characters and i that's the first one i remember watching i know i've seen other ones like i know my parents were really they've always like sit down and watch you guys are gonna watch this so we sat down and watched it you know so it's a lot of those that i'm trying to think but i think snake eyes is the first one probably eight millimeter was next wow Right, great childhood. <laughs> um, so Snake Eyes was the first, but which is your favorite Nick Cage movie? Uh, Face Off. Pretty what? sure. Like, I'm trying to think a little bit more, but I'm pretty sure if I had this go right off the cuff, I'd say Face Off. Because I like the fact that he has to play one character, and then he's got to play John Travolta's character as himself again. 
but it's crazy in that like i've had this conversation a few times recently that he is kind of known for that 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 first 10 minutes of that movie when he's cast the troy it's like licking the gun like uh, suck my tongue thing <laughs> stuff you definitely couldn't do now it's <laughs> right. like the complete opposite of what you should be doing like there he, he's a hashtag man. me too <laughs> or, or or just yeah no social distancing whatsoever with uh licking tongues and groping up uh choir girls because I, I think yeah that, that was nice too <laughs> but I, I like when i think it's uh and i forget john travolta's character's name but when he's Nick Cage and then like he's first with like all his buddies, they're hanging around. I think they're doing drugs and he just starts like, ah, ah, <laughs> like laughing, like manically, like that's mental, man. That's you're <laughs> mental. It's crazy. So like, I, I feel like he was pretending to be John Travolta, pretending like he was him. <laughs> like that's what John Travolta probably thinks of me. So that's how I'm going to act. Yeah. It's like, it's very meta. Yeah, well, yeah, and then and it's it gets more meta that the fact that we're now talking about that on a Nick Gage podcast. So let's just super, keep it going. It's yeah, super inception. <laughs> so let's talk about seeking justice, as I believe it's known uh, in your neck of the woods. Uh, the UK is known solely as Justice, but it had an original title which was just Justice, though. Just so vague as a title not even like doesn't give you any hint like is it a courtroom drama what's this about <laughs> justice like i don't i don't understand it <laughs> is there a difference seeking justice in the uk i don't know i i, like I why I they chose to change pick a different name no there's a few there's a few like that so there's another uh, there's another nicholas cage film called tokarev in the uk which is just called rage in the u.s and um there's a film called Southern Fury as well in the US and in the uh, no, Southern Fury in the UK and in the US it's called Arsenal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I guess copyright laws. Who knows what stuff is? You know, yeah, tra we, trademarks. We see it recently with um, Ford versus Ferrari is called Le Mans sixty six in the UK. Really? Yeah, I guess because Americans probably would have thought there was sixty five more films they had to see before <laughs> right it was sequels <laughs> yeah 60 the 66 sequel or maybe they just assume americans are so dumb that it's like this is what the movie's about ford and ferrari like you need okay now you get it instead of like i mean if, if you're a car guru you know what le mans 66 is you know what happened that year and shit like that you know but yeah we're we're Please feed us as much information as possible. Give us eight, 18 fucking trailers so we're really informed on what this movie is before we go. Because I might not be sure. Tell us everything before we get to the... Uh... Like, which is a, it's a weird thing. And I talk about it on our podcast before that uh, I remember I was watching House of a Thousand Corpses. And like after about five minutes into it, it was all Captain Spaulding to spit and crazy shit. This mother and her two small children get up and leave. I'm like, what did they think this movie was? So maybe that's why they had these titles. Like, they need to really inform you because people have made the mistake. But a thousand, House of a Thousand Corpses? Come on, mom. Yeah, it's what not like it's called, like, Spooky House or something like that, which could <laughs> <Right>. be like... <laughs> <laughs> you, they, I, think they, they, I think they spelled it out for you, and you still made the mistake. 
Like this isn't the this isn't the movie I, I want. No, sorry. Come on, kids. Close your eyes and ears. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Stupid. Well, talking about movies that do just give you straight down the line what they are. Seeking Justice as a title is perfect for this movie because it kind of sets the stakes and tells you exactly what this is going to be about. Um, it's directed by Roger Donaldson, who himself has got like fantastic well like just a kind of varied career so he directed 1988's cocktail he uh 19 1995's species 97 he did dante's peak movies i like in there the world's fastest indian in 2008 he did the bank job with jason statham and then 2011 he did seeking justice with nicholas cage so I also like it because I like it when they find a way to say the name. Like, I mean, Dante speak, it's hard not to say the name in a movie, but seeking justice, you had to find a way to write that into dialogue. And I like it. Guy, or not Guy Rich, I do this all the time. Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce said it. Like, and I'm like, oh, there it is. That's a movie name right there. Well, originally, this movie was going to be called The Hungry Rabbit Jumps. And that was, they had no problem writing that into the dialogue. <laughs> But, came up like a hundred times but when that moment comes when guy pierce says seeking justice there's a, like a movement i'm not sure if it's like worldwide but there's a movement of people who have a like thing that when they're sat in cinemas that when they hear the title of the movie said out loud they just <laughs> clap and leave <laughs> just you're done um, they did um, it yeah they did it they did it. so this movie you would have been 14 minutes in i actually like looked at the clock to see and 14 minutes in you'd be out and it's said with like are you serious when people actually get up and leave the theater when they hear the title yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a kind of like cult. art movement <laughs> almost yeah but his line his line is said with such like gravitas he's like we're just citizens a few citizens seeking justice it does invite you in though like you're just a citizen too i'm just a citizen like yeah you know i'm tired of the rampant crime we're just citizens seeking justice so like when this movie like opens out we get like nick cage as this kind of i don't know nick cage a kind of haven't really seen before in a way that he's just like quite like an affable nice guy normal normal guy right yeah the he's only a- only unbelievable thing was him and january jones like, <laughs> come on dude she's so hot and you're nick cage like you guys are really married I'm t- talking about like where they're gonna be in 10 years time and he's like yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be here but we'll have a babysitter and it's like pretty sure nick cage at this point is like yeah put put, pushing on a bit and january jones is a good 20 but that's that's the hollywood problem right there's it's a lot of like middle-aged men with unrealistically young girlfriends in movies and wives how'd you meet at a fucking aarp convention like how (laughs) old is this guy like i i I never i never never understood that never appreciated that so hard to believe them kissing him like and the whole time, like, you want to put yourself, like, I try to put myself in a cinematic mode, like, watch the movie as a viewer. Then I'm watching it, and they're kissing. I'm like, she's like, dude, how much am I getting paid for this? <laughs> so, like, it, that takes me out of it sometimes. Like, she's like, 
or or it could be like, yo, I got to kiss. I mean, I would love to kiss Nicolas Cage right on the lips just to say I did. Well, like, I got it. <laughs> you very I probably much, could. You very much could have your chance. Like, I guess, like, now that he has been cast as Joe Exotic. Yeah. Like, I'm <laughs> lo- looking at looking at you, uh, Phil, I reckon, like, if you if you hit the, hit the gym a bit and kind of knocked out a few of those teeth. We could definitely be looking at a John Finlay in front of me I, right now. I could be in there, and I could be definitely kissing the body part, at least, of him. It like yeah, it like, and I would I would pay good money to see it. I would <laughs> meet me and Joe in a, a three way marriage with Nick Cage right on the altar there. That's perfect. Yeah, we uh, we'll, we'll tell CBS that we have uh, we have our we have our travel. No, no use looking for uh, no casting calls. It's already done. Perfect. Yeah. So what do you think of this casting of Nick Cage as Joe Exotic? I feel like he's mental enough to do it. I just feel like there's a lot of people that threw their name out there that I think could have actually done it with more sincerity other than being crazy Nick Cage. I'm not saying it's not going to be good. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm just saying I think there's some people out there that probably could have hit it a little bit better. But I don't know until it comes. Yeah, I'm interested to see it in the fact that it will, it should provide a different side of Cage that we've never seen before. One, him playing a like a a queer character in in Joe Exotic, something like a lot of like Cage's characters have been very, very like macho or kind of like super like cod air. Yeah, so like yeah, very, very like testosterone male. I am tough, you know. The Rock, like even he was a nerd in there, but he's like I fucked the prom queen. So like he was super, he was super male in all of those. Where this is, I guess he still is be super male, just with boyfriends. Yeah, uh, like I guess a lot of people it comes as a shock because the front runners for this role, like this, this is. This is another production because there's two those two series of Joe, like the Joe Exotic story going into production. One with like Kate McKinnon based on the Wondery podcast series. Yeah, and this is a totally other script. It's like a eight part TV series. Yeah, by the showrunner of American Vandal. So I'm not sure. Which was if, amazing. I'm not sure I what approach American they're going to take with it. Like, is loved it gonna American be, Vandal. Yeah. It was so well done. If they put half the effort that they put into this, they put it into that. American Vandal was beautiful. It, was, I, it, took, it took me fucking like five episodes to truly tell myself this was fake. <laughs> like, this is a mockumentary. It's not real. And I'm like, dude, they're, they're, they're nailing it right now. So if they can do that with that, give them, give them Tiger King. Perfect. So we should probably get back to talking about seeking justice <laughs> so yeah we kind of get this setup of this school teacher and like he de- he delivers a brilliant speech to one of the kids early on which like is i i i i, I had to note it down because i thought it's just like it's great and uh, it's it's sloppy script writing but the line is if you put your mind to your work as much as you did to scamming the school you could really accomplish something to which the kid replies, written on his mobile phone, "Fuck you." There's that, and there's also a line in the beginning that's the, uh, um, talking about William Shakespeare. Like instead of like attacking somebody, he wrote down his attacks on with words. 
like wrote them down on paper. Like you don't need to assault somebody if you can just use your words. And then the whole story arc of a writer, you know, being our journalist, investigative journalist, be involved and shit it was kind of like fucking, you know, matched up really well. Which you know, that's easy to write. So the setting of this movie as well, it's it's Nicolas Cage's fourth movie that's set in and around New Orleans. Wasn't a uh, bad lieutenant in? Well, yeah, it's, it's it's in the title, Port of Call, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah this is. The, is it is it the whole title? I thought it was just Port of Call. Maybe here it was. Uh, yeah, we're, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think because I think it was Bad Lieutenant Port of Call here. Yeah, so we got we got the New Orleans in the UK, but um, yeah, this is like, and this ties in greatly to the fact that Nicolas Cage has this affinity with New Orleans Asian culture. Well, yeah, he he has. He used to own the Mary Laveau house in New Orleans. <laughs> he he has a burial it fits, plot. It fits with his eccentric nature that he would pick a town that's just steeped in culture and is is vibrant and as wild and crazy as his mental state is all the time. <laughs> but for me, like, I, I guess as an outsider from seeing like new orleans only in movies and stuff like that. this is a side of new orleans i've never seen it's kind of it's like it looks a lot more industrial it's, it's not bourbon street exactly yeah yeah yeah. i'm used to seeing it in like uh zandali like a nick cage movie where it's yeah there's there's, there's fucking jazz playing on every corner there's fucking beats everywhere it's just people <laughs> dancing and singing and like i mean they did show it where they go to the, they go out dancing like if you're in new orleans you go out dancing like there's always a live band somewhere there's never a fucking tv with a dj or something like that it's it's live music and it's it's culture music it's not fucking you know it's not rave music it's i mean there, i'm sure there's places down there but when you're when you're talking bourbon street in that area you, you picture you picture people dancing like there's everybody on the floor well i, mean, that I might- thought about it watching it was like i'd love to dance but nine times out of ten when i go around around where i'm from it's like there's three people dancing. I'm like, so everybody's sitting down. is going to watch me go out there and dance. I wish everybody, nobody was sitting down. Everybody was dancing. Then I, would, I wouldn't feel so like awkward and weird. Well, in the current age we're living in, uh, Phil, I'm pretty sure you could like join some kind of Zoom dance class or uh, you could, yeah, some, some, some online activity. I can shake my ass. Yeah, exactly. I, I saw there was a drive-in rave somewhere. I'm like, how'd that work? I saw something like that, and there's a there's a drive through strip club as well where the um. Yeah. Well, that's that's more understandable because I go to a strip club, you just sit there. I'm okay <laughs> with that, but I'm not gonna go. Why would I go to the drive-in rave where we're all sitting in our cars, like <laughs> just fucking glow sticks in our own ride? Like, oh fuck, I hit the steering wheel again. Start over. <laughs> so you mentioning them going out like to dance? Yeah, they go to this kind of like masquerade ball style club, and we get introduced to his like best friend jimmy who's played by harold pinot who's famously michael from lost lost man <laughs> lost i mean he's been in a lot of other shit but he's been i mean he was decent in sons of anarchy i don't know if you watched that no he was he was decent in that but the whole time i'm thinking i'm like this is michael from lost yeah and he's he's, he's amazing in uh baz Luhrmann's romeo and juliet as well and um, and then we have Jennifer Carpenter as well as Trudy, his girlfriend. And it's kind of all like it's on the heels of Dexter, I think, right? 2011. Like, we're like, what, like four years removed from Dexter? Well, yeah, it's just this thing that 
the kind of support cast are just two staples of two really big American right yeah shows and it's just like i couldn't i couldn't shake i couldn't shake that and i was like oh yeah that's that's the sister from dexter that's all all i wanted to hear like jimmy his character's name is is just shout michael uh like oh no walt i was wanted he's looking for his son <laughs> you know i almost started rewatching lost because i, I just I, I think i need a better conclusion for that series as a whole I don't think you're ever going to get it. Um, I, I don't. It's not It's not purgatory. It's not the afterlife. It's not all this. And then it was. You liars. <laughs> JJ said the whole time, it ain't. It ain't. It ain't. And then they fucking did it. So I think I, I want to rewatch it just so I can get a better solid base. So what did you think of the like, premise of this movie? So obviously like it kind of sets up that Nick Cage's <laughs> wife is... It's something that you can understand. Definitely understand as a regular folk, regular citizen of any country, anywhere, somebody gets hurt. And like, I think, uh, it was a Simon is uh guy, uh, Pierce's character. He said like, yeah, if they do, if they do catch him, she's going to have to testify in court, which is an emotional problem. And then he might like rapists get 11 year, 11 months. He's like, that's less than tax evasion. Like you could, you know, this guy would be out if you seek that sort of normal justice, you know, let the system work if it even does. If they actually catch this guy, if they run the DNA that takes six months, but it's like, we can give you an option out of that. We just may ask a favor. And, you know, as a moviegoer and person who understands these, it's never just one favor. It's always like, especially for something like that, if you're, we're going to assist you in murder, murder somebody, we're going to ask you for something pretty fucking heavy in the future. Um, But it's like, it's an idea that everybody can wrap their eyes around. Like, I want, I don't even care what justice it is. Is If it's fucking happening right now, kill that motherfucker. Well, yeah, it's that, it's that, and we get this scene where we realize pretty early on that they are asking the people who they ask for favors to do big things because when her attacker is killed, the guy himself is like, the, the, the I don't know you. Yeah, I don't know you, but uh, I got to ask a favor. Like, my sister was killed, you know, six months ago, and this is what they asked me to do. Yeah, and um, what did you think? Like, I, I, I found it a very, a very odd and, like, quite funny choice is that the, the attacker has snakeskin boots on. Is Is that the... Is that the sign of a bad guy? Is that the kind of is that the universal kind of trope of they were Nick Cage's and he's like I want them in the film. He's like they were like <laughs> fucking like twenty four thousand dollars. They're of a rare snake. Like they need to be in this fucking movie. Make him the bad guy. But yes, I mean criminals are always stereotypes. Like they're they have something a leather jacket, a fucking face tattoo. <laughs> like just because you got a face tattoo doesn't mean you're a bad guy, but it does make me think you're a bad guy <laughs> right away. So when Cage gets like embroiled in, he can yeah, it is. And the, and the and the accept, the one thing I don't like is how he has to accept their request because him and Simon in the future talk frequently on the phone. Why do I have to go by? I don't even know what it was. The Nutrient Bar twice out of some <laughs> random vending machine like can i just text yes like or, or a why to whatever disposable phone you have 
like why why the elaborate thing? I mean, it's just it's just a, it's a filler. It's to add fucking some anticipation because there's a fucking cop right there, you know. So it's like, oh, him struggling with the decision. Is it all worth it? You know, it's almost like uh, the movie The Box. Like, would you would you kill would would you accept the money if you knew somebody in the world anywhere in the world died? Like, oh, do I do it? Is it you know? It's a moral choice, a moral conundrum. Well, I think the dilemma. Like- the plot to this movie kind of plays out like an extended episode of Black Mirror. So like it's very much similar to that kind of vein in like a world where this is a possibility that to avenge an attack on like a family member and very much plays into that idea of how far would it like ask you the question as the viewer, like how far would you go? What would you do? to protect your own family which i think is like a very interesting question to kind of pose to an audience i i I like the question but it's the idea that i i would and it's this is my opinion i feel like there's a large majority of the population that would say i will do it somebody rapes my lady i'll fuck it i'll kill him go to jail like you doing it's great and all like i don't think i would ever think twice about it like i would i'll fucking do it so like him struggling like the more i mean i i guess i'm not moral that way (laughs) you know (laughs) fucking eye for an eye but like i guess that 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 would be a lot of people's like logical step to go but that would mean this film would be 20 minutes long as opposed right. to the as opposed to the one hour 45 runtime but it, it it pushes this common story that happens because a lot of them happen where something happens i mean kevin bacon did it uh bruce willis has done it multiple times uh gerard butler fucking mel gibson it's like if someone you love died what would you do and it's like they totally change who they were into something else bruce willis you know like i'm a fucking surgeon and then now I'm now I'm a ruthless killer, vigilante <laughs> justice, protecting the you know the city. Like, you know that that's been done so many times. So they needed the needed to make it different. We are part of a community that is just fed up with this rampant crime, and we're trying to fix it. Like I, so I get it. I get I get it for movie purposes. I just feel like a big portion of the population would be like, no, I'll fucking kill him. You know, Liam Neeson. I'll fucking go just do it. Well, yeah, those ideas of just like throughout. But there's so so many of them. Yeah, I like, did you, I enjoyed this movie. Like I found myself being quite like tense just because I kind of, I like this kind of someone in too deep and like there's a mystery element. You don't want to, or like there's, I think there's a point right outside uh, the school where Simon like writes his like number on the board or whatever. And then he calls him and he's like, oh, I'm right here. So talk to me. And he's like, I'm done. I'm out. Okay. And leaves. Like it's never that easy, but like that's what a regular everyday man probably would do was like, okay, enough. Like, like, no, you're you're criminal now. You're you're an active participant in a crime. So, you know, you're well, not thing just that is, gone. it's very much like a suspense thriller in that like, and it's that plays upon a lot of like suspicion and that that kind of idea of like you don't know who is in on anything like we see it in a moment um i think i think once like the who was it uh the is it sheriff well like i've captain. actually yeah i've got i've got i've got a, i've got a clip to play that um it's 
This is when Nicolas Cage meets my the, favorite color. <laughs> meets, yeah, is is being questioned in the police station, and then meets the um, kind of superior comes in to question him, and you find out, well, maybe he's not as he seems either. My favorite color is my favorite color, uh, purple. Purple. If a baby is unhappy, he he cries. The hungry rabbit. Jumps. The hungry rabbit jumps. Got it. Get up. Put that on. I'm going to leave the room. Wait 10 seconds and get out of here. So we see that even someone high up in the police is in on this kind of organization. And it's like. I think that's when you realize it is an organization. Where before you thought it was maybe a couple dudes. But then this is the realization that it's bigger than that. So it's like, who else? Well, yeah, that that, that that moment reminded me of a moment in Rosemary's Baby, like an, another film that just things in that thing of who who can you turn to to trust? Like, luckily in this case, it's somebody who has got his back, but like that idea and other, I, I think that thing of just shady cult-like figures in the background really like fascinates me. Yeah, and in Rosemary's Baby, she goes to the doctor's, at one point and like mentions like oh yeah i'm pretty sure there's something going on with my neighbors and my husband and then even the doctors like a part of their like shady cabal right. and it's like yeah it's, so, it's, it's 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 a realization yeah but that that like as a cinema goer that really gets me on like a guttural level because that plays into like one of my fears of just like and um, a lot but it's a lot more of you see it more in cinema as the closing Yes. Like now you now you come up with your own opinion, but it's like something like sad in like the last like minute. Like I'm walking away the kid that you gave me, and it's like give you a hint that I'm part of the group that you're trying to stop. You know, it's it's just, I, mean, I can't think of any examples right now, but I know I've seen it a bunch. But it's usually like in the end, where this you eat it like midway through the movie, where you're starting to realize like there is, this is grander. There are more moving pieces. Yeah, it would it would very much be like the ending of Gone Baby Gone. When you realise that the person like who's behind it all is Morgan Freeman's character, who's like throughout the whole thing is like the chief of police or something like that, and it's like oh, helping fuck, with the I search, mean. and and Harris was helping him with the whole process, you know. And like this, we kind of see a lot of Cage running in inappropriate shoes, which I found like great, and it's kind of like he goes from being like an English teacher. To kind of being like almost like a a Jack like Jack Reacher style like uses his wits really well to kind of get out of situations whether that's like yeah like him him snuggling in under the mangle irons under that bridge like beautiful like I didn't jump off I found a little slipper slippery out and I'm down here but there's nothing better than Nick Cage running he's all knees man and it makes me feel bad anytime I see him jump off something because the way he runs you know his knees are bad. <laughs> Somebody jumps off something. It's like, oh, I can, I, you know, I'm getting older now, so I appreciate the pain. Like, ah, knees, man. That's well, the there's ache. a 
there's a moment in it when like he kind of uses an ingenious way to get a car he sneaks into a hotel steals someone's jacket that has their valet ticket in it and like conveniently though because it plays into like a part in the film has a dvd player in there and it kind of becomes like his batman's like bat cave yeah like of like he can pump this video in after a great getaway yeah and like he gets but 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 even that all played out like i don't care how much you put your hand by your face every newspaper in that fucking printing company had his face on the goddamn cover so I don't care if you cover a little eyebrow. Nobody <laughs> looked up. Not one person. They were so fucking studious doing their jobs that they <laughs> never looked up and saw like that guy looks a lot like every single page I've seen today. Looks like that guy. Everyone. Well, I would love to have like known how this film started out because he very much has the tropes of an investigative journal investigative journalist. And, like, kind of, he very quickly falls into that role of, like, just investigating everything. and does Investigating it so, the investigative journalist. Yeah, and does it like so he's well. Like, like, taking receipts and stuff. And, like, he, he knew to save those. How? So quickly. And I like them dropping a little bit of English knowledge in the world. Like, the lady's like, oh, would you hyphenate the second name? And, and <laughs> you know, a hyphen? He, he just, like, spits out a bunch of fucking, uh, like, fucking english vernacular on how to like write shit and she's like oh i guess you're right <laughs> it's like, oh yeah remember he's an english teacher just a regular joe like us well yeah that's kind of like his special power in this movie that's his like one thing english to language <laughs> which which plays him well that and for the very minimal money he has He's very like liberal when he's like bribing a guy for some information. Is buying shots like crazy. Like, didn't she give you? And she said, "That's all I have," which made me think that's not a lot. <laughs> She's like, "This is all I have." So I'm, I'm thinking like fifty-seven dollars. Yeah, I don't know. When, <laughs> when he's at when he's at the gas station asking for information, he looks very liberal in like, do you know what I mean? Like, dropping twenties. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like. You you probably know the currency better than me, but I was like, man, that looks like that could be like a a hundred dollar bill. He it looks like a, the guy's eyes lit up. So like, I thought like he's he's been a big tipper here, and he he looks right, so. But, but his the, wife uh, made me think it was like she didn't yeah, give yeah, him yeah. a lot. That's what I mean. And like, so what kind of life are they living? Like maybe maybe you know maybe they're fucking pretty ritzy. Where like she gave him fifteen hundred. She's like, sorry, that's not a lot of money. Like. <laughs> Dude, I could I, I could sit here for the next month and a half without working like I have been for fifteen hundred dollars. Like so like she gave like, oh my god, sorry, babe. Like, wow. <laughs> Wish I was, you know, I felt bad, you know, but yeah, it's fun. It's funny. It's funny how like, yeah, that, that dude with the fucking the gas, he just was like, Oh well he I'll was tell you anything. I'll betray my mother for that sort of money. Well, he <laughs> he had that kind of look on his face when the first like bill was put down. And it kind of felt like redundant that he then had to like put down two more bills because given yeah. the information already and like yeah, so I, get, I, I mean I'd have to go back, but I think he I think he threw down twenty, so it's still a twenty dollar yeah. bill. I mean I think it's really the fucking same as is is a pound. So yeah, 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 but even so, the guy was sold on twenty. He didn't need to give him sixty. <laughs> hey, he didn't need any more. He like you you already had the info. <laughs> 
My and the God. info you get, like it it seemed very like quick. it was life changing money. Well, it seemed very quick for him to then like get like it was the mystery was solved because there was just a DVD inside of a boat, which like went like I thought like when when there was the book, I thought it's gonna be a lot like a lot more oh, the, the edward burke was it edward burke i thought it was gonna be a lot more like in depth than that like it would be some kind of right, like national treasure like there's gonna be like, this there's one piece of uh one passage in the book that's gonna tell you the location of this hidden dvd or this hidden evidence we have or, 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 or to travel around and no it's just that is if anybody had any sort of public records they could know that he owns another place that's not his desk at work and that's where it's at yeah and like <laughs> Really easy to find. Like, I wish I would know if you knew where it was at. All his buddies at the the wake. <laughs> like, like you pull public records. You find where he other place was. It's in a boatyard in like behind the flimsiest door in the world. That even the gas station attendant says like, "Oh yeah, I saw a guy back up into that door and it it, it just fell right off." And he did exactly <laughs> that. He didn't ram it. He just was like, "Oh, whoops!" <laughs> through a door. And then there's the there's the secret ID to everybody's salvation. Which then he like again, it felt like padding in the movie that he he then like has Simon on the back foot and it's like juicing him, like kind of putting him through the stages and making him jump through the hoops in the way that like he makes yeah, people meet me here and then yeah. meet me here and then do this and yeah. And it just felt like a great chance for them to like shoot at a like monster truck derby. It's like it kind of, it kind of, they couldn't wait to just show how much America's America. Yeah. Well, it just, it just had no, no kind of relevance to it. It was just like, oh, this is pretty cool. He, he doesn't like it. It was was out of place. And his plan doesn't really like, it's not really a great, he doesn't have a grand plan really. He's just like, Go here, go there, go to the bathroom, have a leak, go buy a hot dog, and then he confronts him. I thought there would be some kind it of was, like... it was it was nothing like like Die Hard with a Vengeance, where every station you went to, there was a new problem to solve. Like this didn't get him doing all the things he was supposed to do for Nick Cage didn't get him anywhere. Yeah. Like it was just doing it and then call and then now do this. Like you're my bitch. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was the whole like I'm in control, so you'll do what I say. Well, one of the things in this movie as well, because we find out that guy was Simon too in Die Hair with a Vengeance. Yes. (laughs) Irons. So it turns out at one point that Jimmy is a part of like this organization. And I'm not sure about you, but I felt that the relationship between Jimmy and um will's character like yeah nick Nick cage's character will wasn't like built up enough for it to be the portrayal that it was like obviously it was it was and if jimmy knew all this his reaction is shit like when he punched the kid in class jimmy should have been well aware of what's going on he's like what the hell man and then even fucking will's will being like i just told you Oh, did it re- repeat like a million times? I'm like he told it. Now this would be the second time if you did tell him. The second he's like, you're never. He's like, you're late. Yeah, I know. So, so something happened, and then but you're never late. Well, I gotta tell you a million times. <laughs> like, wow, let's slow it down, fucking Mister Aggressor. 
Like, but Jimmy knows this. He knows everything that's happening. So why would he be? It was, it was, it was fooling us for the sake of fooling us, but for no other reason. Maybe to make Will believe that he truly was the unknowing friend and all this, and he wasn't a part of this group. But I was like, you know, once the reveal happened, I'm like, that doesn't make sense because he's well aware, and especially in private, he'd been like, I get what's going on with this dude. Like, he's forced to make some difficult decisions. So, like, I'm going to cut him some slack because he's my bud. Well, it felt like a lot of it could have been avoided with that relationship between those mm-hmm. two. That, like, he could have said to him, like, I'm in this. I can try and help you get out. Like, instead of like, dig yourself deeper. Like, he's a man who is kind of, he can't go to the cops because they're after him because he's been framed for a murder, which, like, of, yeah, of this journalist. And then he can't go to anyone else because this just, yeah, it's like everyone's out to get, he's a, he's a man on the run, stuck between the cops. That's what it's bad guys. Man on the run, and they can <laughs> use the <this> song. <laughs> I hate to break it to you that that song's called Band on the Run. Um, no, man. <laughs> it's man. Okay. So uh, the Wings song is no, now called Man on the Run. Man on the Run. <laughs> so that, like, for, for a like, film that I thought like might have had like a higher body count, like whether like it was like accidental kind of deaths by like. Well, all... it, it's that he refused so much, though, for so long. It could have been higher. Yeah, well, there's that like there's that crazy scene on the highway when that guy gets taken down by a fucking truck, Ugh. which is like whoa. And then show him getting dragged forever. Yeah, it's like just... I know that's what happens, but showing the legs like dangling. How long does it take a Ford Explorer to stop? <laughs> well, it's like it the stunt guys that day were like, "Come on, we, we're, <laughs> we're, like, we're, we're, we're we're fucking doing it." We spent all day. Like setting up this scene, we're getting the most out of it. Like, <laughs> show his dangly legs like halfway <laughs> underneath where they get stuck under the axle. But like, how do you like? Yeah, what did you think of it? Did you enjoy? Did you enjoy? Did you enjoy this movie? I did. It was. It was just. It seemed just so. Not Nick Cage though. Well, it, there was points in it, but. It just wasn't crazy. I feel like he is replaceable by anybody else. Where I feel like a Nick Cage movie is only a Nick Cage movie. Well, I like you, you put anybody in a caster Troy. That's a whole different movie. I like, like the this. Idea, is a, yeah. he's replaceable? I like the idea though that it is Cage kind of getting to do something that we'd never really see him see him do. Obviously, he's played like the kind of studious guy. Whether that's um, you, you're you're he's like Christopher Walken. You get cast for a reason. You're Cage. We want we want full Cage here, Mandy. We want fuck. We want Cagey <laughs> Cage. We don't want pretend Cage. We don't want regular actor Cage. We want fucking real Cage. So like, I mean, it was a good movie, but I just feel like it could have been anybody in that role, and it would have been no different. I for me as somebody who's like watching all of these movies, I it's a welcome break for me to kind of see him like that. It's, that it's not Cagey Cage. Well, that, yeah, that it's like he's not being typecast. I feel like a lot of those performances have turned a lot of people off of Cage and like wouldn't have watched like this movie because of it. Like it, this has happened a lot. Like kind of especially post 2010 there's a lot of roles he's done which are well he has some taxes to pay for you know he had shit to do 
but he's done some re- he's like some really interesting stuff around around this period like this but is i think only- he's doing everything oh yeah yeah of course yeah yeah <laughs> Anybody that sends him a script, he's doing so. Whether it's low key or it's being like, I need vampire kiss cage, like that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> well, even looking at 2011, like in in his filmography, this is one of five movies that came out Jesus that year. Jesus Christ, dude! The the man's a workhorse. Give him credit. Yeah. So this year consisted of Season of the Witch, Drive Angry, Ju- Seeking Justice, Trespass. And Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Razzie Award winner. <laughs> he won Razzie for that. Which I didn't think it was that bad. What, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance? Yeah. No, I it wasn't it was not great by any means, but I don't think it was Razzie bad. No, I it must have been a bad year for the Razzies if Ghost Rider <laughs> Spirit of Vengeance. There was a lot of really good actors that year, so yeah, it was yeah, hard. Yeah. We had you know the, the pool just went up so much. Well, I guess um, but, this this would have been the start of the kind of Cage becoming the meme that he eventually kind of boiled over the pot and we're seeing kind of coming back round now in 2020. Like, I wonder how that plays with him though if he feels like am i cast because i'm crazy so should i just be crazy or like he talks to somebody if there's if there's somebody saying we need cagey cage like is that part of the process i'm with the directors and the writers and they're like all right nick you can do a lot of things we've seen you you know leaving las vegas amazing great work you know we've seen mandy wow <laughs> you know well, there's a bunch of different shit like th- does he have a conversation and they were like we need you to go fucking nuts or we need you to tone it down. Like this isn't that movie seeking justice. Isn't that we don't need that. We just need the regular in the cage. Just show up and fucking act, man. Well, I've um, like heard interviews of him saying that, like he always asks for just one take for him. And a lot of the time that is the take that directors will use. But I guess that's when he's kind of doing his, his like cagey cage stuff but on the flip side of that i do think a lot of the stuff he does whether it is as you say for financial like reasons he does still make interesting choices within this like kind oh, of sure you know I, he's in that he's in the a one that's getting filmed now or maybe just was filmed of where he's like a truffle hunter yeah i think it's pig. called i think it's called pig yeah like that's an interesting choice and also, I like when he burns screen time. Like, when it's him alone or him, like, with a fucking, you know, a pig. Like, I like that idea. Like, because he he has the ability, as much as, you know, nobody wants to say that Nick Cage is a great actor. He can consume screen time, and there's a lot of people that can't. Well, we've got, like, he's hitting, like, especially with the, the news that came out uh, May 4th, it would have been, like, when this goes out, like, for us, it's today. Like the news of him playing Joe Exotic is like massive news for him. But even just like his kind of like roster of films he's got coming up, whether that's like the unbearable weight of uh, brilliance, I think it is, where he's playing himself, this kind of like meta, like uh-huh. crazy and, film. And I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm fine with that because I feel like he is good enough actor that he can do that stuff that where it's like, here's the movie, put it on your shoulders. You have to carry it though. Like, yeah. Pig, I, Pig, I feel like, is one of those movies. And I like the fact that, you know, 
there's so many actors in the world that are like, you know, RDJ is great actor, but it's like, unless it's 25 million, I ain't doing it. Yeah. Like, unless you give me that role, he might jump on a couple smaller ones, but then you got guys like, um, Robert Pattinson, which me and Joe fucking adore and love. Like yeah. he's dropped, he got that fucking Twilight money. So now he's doing indies. He's doing shit that interests him and he's doing great work. So I like the fact that maybe Nick Cage is financially struggling. So he is doing them indies. That, that there's cool work. Sure, there's going to be messes, but I like the fact that he's still giving them the time of day. Well, yeah. It's like, I mean, what was the budget on this movie? 17 million? Yeah, it's a, a, a lower. So he couldn't have got paid a ton for it, but he still was willing to take the risk. I like the fact, or not willing, kind of forced, you know, with his financial problems, which kind of fits with Joe Exotic. Like, I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> so don't, don't buy a fucking dinosaur egg then. That, you know, that would be a thing. <laughs> well, like, you, to your point of like, yeah, Pig looks really interesting. He's kind of got this, like, he's going to kind of, round out a weird trilogy of kind of like art house horror movies with wally's wonderland that's supposed to be like that looks really fucking cool and that's gonna be just him right it's yeah he kind of plays this like silent janitor against these animatronics it looks but he can he can do a fucking solo movie 100% like I think for all like the kind of misses he does and like I think that's going to be the greatest thing about your podcast is you're going to see the beginning cage and then, you know, fuck got an Academy Award and then the highlight of his 90s. You know, he did like Con Air, Face Off, 8mm, fucking Snake Eyes, like a bunch of shit right in a row. And then kind of some bullshit for a long time. And then he started doing the indies a little more, started mixing it up. Like he's going to run full circle with his career. I think it's just going to get better. Well, there's a, yeah, there's a really interesting point that, um, a guest of mine made uh, that was in regards to, well, yeah, I guess people won't hear it for a couple of weeks yet because it's actually in the Crudes episode, which was recorded before this. Love but, the, I love the Crudes. But, like, what we're seeing now is people who are making movies with Cage in them are people who grew up watching Cage movies. So they're casting him for a whole host of different reasons to that he was casting biases. Like yeah, I just like him. I just he, like the motherfucker. He's probably getting he's probably getting written into scripts like with him. In I mind. wrote this. I wrote this for him. Yeah, and like it's really interesting. Certain like he is one of those rare talents that once he's in a movie, like if if it's a hit like not and i'm not talking just financially if it's a hit like kind of he's following or everybody likes it it. if he's nailed the movie like you cannot think of anyone else in that role but him like if if you recast mandy there's no way that you could think of anyone else even even down to like ghost rider like you you look at that movie and you think who else could do that transformation the look He's screaming. He's Johnny Blaze, man. He's fucking Johnny Blaze. And like, yeah, it is it is kind of a down point on this that it is such like an an mediocrity. Under- yes, it's it is it is this kind of I kept thinking maybe it's because of uh the movie The Game. I just thought like this is like a Michael Douglas. This is a Michael Douglas movie. This is like a 90s Michael Douglas movie. Or- but that's why I said it. He could be interchanged with anybody and it'd be the same exact movie. 
yeah th- this this felt like and from looking at the director's like credits this could have easily have been a 90s kevin costner movie without a shadow of a doubt like pierce brosnan Dante yeah. <laughs> like he could you just throw him in that role like well, just it, it doesn't change three years later the director actually went on to make the november man with pierce brosnan so like <laughs> likes him so but like this could have easily and i would be really interested to find out if maybe Piers Brosnan was the original choice for this movie because that would have that would have worked like you can see Piers Brosnan in this role mm-hmm. you're everyday man just you know struggling somehow he's got a British accent he's from New Orleans <laughs> you know <laughs> weirdly we'll work, like but aren't they do it with Arnold all the time somehow he's a local town sheriff in Texas and with an Austrian accent so like you don't you know you yeah, choose you to forget <laughs> Weirdly, this movie was on the 2009 blacklist of most liked unmade scripts of the year. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like it's kind of generic. I mean, I mean, who was the whole script written? Was this the script that they made from that? Like, this movie made from that script? Well, or was from- there something on that script that like? Once they started filming, they changed some things, quirked it, you well, know, made, made it their own. From from a lot of the conversations uh, I've had with people, like, in the film industry, there is just the underlying fact the a lot of the time. Well, no, there's the underlying fact that a film that is written is never what you see on screen. And a lot of the time it is for the worst. Like, it's it's never... It's it's a tricky industry. Like right. in the, in the... I, I get I get a hundred pages of script of some, some something that's blacklisted, it's something that's pretty amazing, and then I release something that's seventy pages, a lot more action than I called for, a lot of fucking dialogue changes, and yeah, and it could be a whole host of reasons, budgetary, like it can be they just didn't who have... who picked up the script? Was it Miramax or was it fucking Disney? exactly you know, like yeah 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 how much it could be throw a fucking honey mill at this or could be only throw 17 you know then we need to pay cage we need to pay january jones we need to pay fucking um guy pierce like <laughs> you know some fucking there i mean i don't january jones is worth money she's pretty but she's a decent actress not horrible but i gotta say that burned up probably what three and a half million close to four probably just get those three just those three so then we're we're, we're going to have action sequences. We need to pay people to shut down fucking roads in New Orleans. We're trying to do on-set stuff. So we do as, you know, our on-location stuff. But we'll do some back at the fucking, you know, in Hollywood. But it's like, so that, that 17 mil goes down real quick, just to like 12 mil. Well, on this, on this movie's opening week, it only took... $249,000 at the US box office. I can't believe it opened. <laughs> like it, it wasn't VOD. No, this, yeah, this opened in, in, in movie theaters and was. Maybe they were worried about their Oscar contention and needs to be released <laughs> theatrically. So you're, you're, then, you're, then you're eligible for uh, Oscar. And speaking of Razzies, you mentioned earlier, this film earned a Razzie nomination for Nick Cage for Worst Actor. Was it for this movie? 
He was nominated for Worst Actor in this movie. And here's a quote from um, an article which reads, Seeking justice is nothing more than a typical potboiler with another phoned-in performance from Nicolas Cage. Another phoned-in. Shut up. He may have some phoned-in, but I think a lot of his performances are definitely showing up. Oh, of course, you know, yeah. Doing some fucking masculine beforehand <laughs> or fucking just, you know, smoking crank, but he shows up and does it. Well, another let's, phoned in. Let's see how he talks about the film himself. I've got another another clip to play. I signed up for the ride. You know, I didn't know what I was going to get with Roger, but I signed up for it. So wh- whatever he wants, wherever he wants to go, I'm going to do it. I may tease him about it just as he teases me, but I... I'm still willing to go to the outer regions if he's looking for something. And sometimes, honestly, after take 18, um, some new realization does occur. It's surprising. I didn't expect it, but it did, you know? And I think, I think we've gone to some places together that, that are, are exciting. Um, there's some things he's doing with the camera that I think are unique. He's using these tiny little cameras at times to give it more of a uh, nervous energy to the scenes. And he's also using these, we have a great crew, we have a tremendous uh, uh, focus puller who's, who's able to go into like extreme close-ups with a 27 millimeter lens. And, and you see things um, that, you know, even like in down to the down to the pupils things. So with that, very Nicholas Cagey. But with that, we see that like Nick puts everything into the, his films. Like he he's very he's very much engaged, and even even this, you could see that he was probably trying to give his best for something that possibly like isn't isn't the greatest of his performances. Like the the. The finale to this like movie is kind of again it's it's underwhelming for the for the kind of tension that the movie builds and I don't know the more I think about it it's kind of the yeah it does it the the movie does feel underwhelming I think when I was in it like just because it plays upon like some of my fears of this thing of like who can you turn to who can you trust but yeah it kind of the way the way it wraps up and like out of nowhere we get the cop turned back up and everything's brushed under the carpet and they can live their lives once again well like my 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 biggest opinion of nick cage is that if 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 he runs which (laughs) you know he's got a set of hair on him so you know when i could see a stunt double and i could see a nick cage and when it's him running i know it's him running so if he's running in a movie and you could tell that it's him it's he's he's really meaning to act in this film yeah where like i felt like like you talk about next i felt like next there was a lot of split shots of some other guy running with just like some weird wig on like he just kind of went in there one day and did it you know like how many how many days is taken you know can i do as much shots as i can in a week and then you just do the rest by yourself oh don't don't, don't get me started on next i hate <laughs> i hate that movie um so Talking of hair, that reminds me of like I have three questions that I always ask near the end of the podcast, which kind of tell us a bit about the film. And those questions are as such. 
In this movie, Phil, does Nick Cage have bad hair? Never has bad hair. <laughs> yeah, but he has Nick Cage hair, so I don't know if that's bad. I think it's good. It's his. Okay, I'll take that as a yes. I'll take that as a no <laughs> on bad hair. Um, another important point that I always look for in Nick Cage movies is does he do a crazy voice? Obviously, he's known for doing these out there voices and going to places people don't best i can find one when he did who dat (laughs) dat like he was at the bar at the beginning that that really excited me that moment because i was like he he, oh we're getting are we in it are we yeah yeah. (laughs) we're getting a glimpse of that guy that i know and love so that's 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 typical new orleans shit the new orleans saints you know who dat fucking chain of that game so like he yells that out but i don't know I think he did it wrong. <laughs> like he's like, who dat? Where it's like, it's like, who dat? Who dat? Who dat? And then my final question, as always to everyone, is do we get a Nick Cage freak out? Do we get a classic Nick Cage losing his shit moment in this? I don't think so. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's a little sh- like when the guy pulls him up, or the guy's like, "Your child molester," and he jumps yeah. out like with a gun, and like maybe he was a little freaked out, but like that's that's the mo- like that was like level five excitement for Nick Cage. We weren't even close to ten, but that's I mean I say the rest of the movie is a two on Nick Cage, you know, style, and that moment maybe was a five. Well, from from my research into asking these questions so far it tends to be when we don't get a freak out it tends to not be the best of nick cage movies not that not that like everyone wants him to be on kind of like but it can, it can be the, the it can be the worst movie but if we get a if we get a level 10 nick cage once we accept the rest of the movie well like there's some movies like we spoke of mandy like that, that was there was like 20 minutes of 10 yes well there's one, <laughs> but there's one scene that like is a kind of like there is a 10 like prolonged one shot scene that is an earned 10 like i'm talking about the moment when he's in the bathroom which is like a fantastic moment whereas like this is like as you said it's very much nick cage could have been any other actor in this movie which is slightly i don't know it, it underwhelms me and like i this this premise this kind of idea of a, a shady underworld and these people seeking justice is a is a cool kind of playground to be playing in it's just i don't know i i i like to think that something down the line whether it's like a script issue or execs got involved that this there, I, I i like to think behind the scenes there was a scene like where maybe he was chained up and like something horrible was going to happen to him and not just like shoot him in the head type of way. Like he's going to get murdered and he's freaking out. Cause this is an English teacher from new Orleans. This was yeah. like, this is not my world at all. <laughs> like I'm fucking blown away. Like I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm going nuts. We could have got a ton. I think in this, Yeah, but well, script writing made that not. So we got a five. Well, when thinking of this film, like, would you say to people, to watch it like yeah would you recommend people watch this movie i said i asked that in a really weird way <laughs> i would say you could watch it and you would probably forget it 
it's so, not a bad movie by any means, but I don't think it's memorable. That is, I've watched a lot of Guy Pierce movies too, and I feel like this falls under that shit too. Like he is a great actor, but him in this movie is forgettable. Which is a real like. That's the thing. You look at the you look at the cast for this, and you think you're gonna get some gold. It's very similar to a recently covered season of the witch which again you look at the cast for that movie and it's like i'm in for a treat here like i love nick cage i love ron perlman i love stephen graham i love rob sheehan and it's like that film is not good this movie the same i love i love nick cage i love guy pierce i love january jones and then it's like it's just slightly underwhelming it, like you I mean you've you've listened to us many times and me and joe like sometimes we get to a point where we're like this is a movie like yeah. that's all we can say like it wasn't like we'll tell you if it's a bad movie yeah we'll straight up say like don't watch it it's garbage but if we have like probably like a totally neutral opinion on it we're just like it was a movie like you'll watch it and probably not watch it again and forget about it Maybe you'll be flipping through TNT late at night and it might pop on and you're like, I'll leave it on. But it's just one of them films and you'll probably watch it the second time and be like, did I watch this before? <laughs> I've seen this. It's one of those types of movies. Like, it was just kind of forgettable. Well, that's what sometimes makes this podcast hard is sometimes I have to cover these movies that are very I know because you want to talk the crazy cage. You want to be the crazy cage. Well, I like it's very easy to talk the the extremes of anything. So the good, like when you get, when you get a good cage, I could talk for hours. When you get a like when, when you when you uh, get Daniel Day Lewis, uh, there will be blood. Like when you get that, like yeah, that yeah. fucking intensity. Like it's so easy to talk for hours and hours about that sort of guy. I mean, we, we we talk about it often. Like we always bring it back to like there will be blood. Like I drink your milkshake, I drink yeah. it up. Like it's just you know, it's it's it is harder to talk about the fucking the, the slower times. Yeah, but definitely. it's still a movie he did, and and I'm happy he did it. But it's just you know, it's a it's a throwaway. Perfect. Well, talking about like movies moving slowly, you are the co-host of those movie guys who obviously at the moment. Things are moving very slowly oh, for you shit. because most of your <laughs> most of your show has been kind of cancelled in that there's no movie news, there's no upcoming movies. How are you guys faring, and what is it you guys do over there? At those movie guys. Well, we we we've adjusted shortly. We're um, for our box office numbers because they've been zero. <laughs> and we knew that after the first time we said there were zero, they were going to continue to be zero every week. Um, so uh, Joe's been looking up uh, random date and history that day and talking about those uh, at that point in time, um, the, the top five grossing movies that week, not in that month or whatever, just that week. Um, and that's been really interesting because it's like, you know, you're trying to figure it out, but it's like, what the fuck happened in 95, man? Like, I, <laughs> you know, I might, I might be able to pinpoint one, but I'm at the wrong end of 95 or whatever. And then the upcoming, usually we tell you everything that's coming out to, you know, either whether it be in theatrical releases or in uh, video on demand stuff that you can rent. Um, we've moved into movies that we would like to see in the theater. And now we're rolling into uh, movie naming actors you would like to go watch a movie with in the theater. Um, can I can I just ask you a question? This may this may um, put me on the spot. 
put you on the spot or or ruin ruin something from from your show. But oh, don't worry about if it. If there man. was one movie you could watch at the theater with Nick Cage, what would it be? Whether it's his movie or another movie. See, that was the problem with the the the, the idea we had. It was like, would we pick a movie that? included that person like would i want to watch a bill murray movie like would i want to watch groundhog's day with bill murray and i'm like i don't think he would appreciate it as much as me i'd rather watch a movie with a certain character a certain person like nick cage and watch a totally different movie so if i had to pick a movie to watch with nick cage um he seems like a trippy dude Seems kind of like a space cadet. He's kind of fucking out there sometimes. You know, he's really eccentric. Um, and I would, so it's a movie that I picked that I would I would love to have watched in theater that my dad said he watched in theater and him and a bunch of his friends were doing acid, watched it the whole time. <laughs> and I would, I probably 2001 A Space Odyssey with what Nick Cage. A, what a fantastic pick. That's, that's Like, I think he would just, I think Nick Cage would appreciate the movie in the same aspect I do, like, Love the music that blew uh blue Danube that soundtrack like that. I think he would appreciate that. What Nick Cage movie would I watch with Nick Cage is a question you didn't ask, but I will answer it. <laughs> I think God, I, I would have to say that I, I think it would be probably Mandy. That is a fantastic choice as well. I, I, I just feel like the, his other roles, I feel like he did do them well. You know, his, his he's got icon roles. But I feel like he would love Mandy for the chaos that it was. Like, he would giggle at his parts. He would laugh <laughs> in the seat next to me like, oh, fuck, here we go, man. This is where I was fucking doing that thing. Like, so that would, I think that would be fun. Amazing. Well, this seems like a perfect place to leave it, Phil. Where can people keep up to date with what you guys are doing over at those movie guys? Uh, those movie guys podcasts.com. Um, those movie guys podcasts on Instagram. We're not really doing Twitter anymore. We laid off that. Uh, Facebook, same thing. Those movie guys podcasts. I mean, we're everywhere. Stitcher, fucking iTunes. I mean, you can yell at Alexa and tell her to find it. Like, we're around. Perfect. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on talk about this lukewarm movie phil (laughs) it it was but you know i'm happy to be here dude i'm happy to see you i'm happy to talk to you well there you have it guys talk of nick cage running in this lukewarm movie i think maybe that the anagram hunter is right uh this film had potential it really really did it just kind of it's, 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 it's let down a bit. It's, it's very middle of the road cage. Sometimes we want those extremes. Sometimes sometimes this is possible though. Definitely something I probably would watch again, but that's because over the time I'm getting a fondness for Nicolas Cage. Something that I never thought I'd say. But yeah, he's, my heart has melted and I've, I've warmed to the guys. Uh, it's, but it's been an absolute yeah pleasure for me to record this one. And... Thank you for thank you for listening. Always, always thank you for listening. If you ever want to get in touch, if your opinion is different to mine or my guests, don't harangue them. Harangue me. And you can do that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook and Twitter is at Caged in Pod. 
and Instagram is PetrosPatsyLewis underscore. All of it will be in the show notes so you can get it all there. Uh, one last thing is I started uh, writing like a little blog about like little experiences that the podcast have presented to me and stuff like that. And you'll be able to find that on Medium, uh, the app or the website again. It'll be in the show notes. But yeah, if you look for PetrosPatsyLewis on there, uh, there will be yeah, little articles. Uh, one, one I've just posted as of today is an article about army of one and how um larry charles the director is revisiting that film to finally release the version that he had always intended obviously we're living in a time at the moment with a spate of this happening whether it's Zack snyder with the the justice league snyder cut which is kind of plastered all over twitter and just fanboys going nuts for it or even just as this week david ayer says he's gonna rejig his suicide squad apparently that's not good enough and i don't know yeah everybody everybody's just calling for stuff to be recut and just distributed out there but i'm really looking forward to the larry charles one and if all things go accordingly to plan larry charles will be on this podcast to talk about it then uh yeah uh, so that that'll be amazing for me personally that will be uh amazing I, I almost fear now that i've said it on the podcast of jinxed it and it's not going to happen but i will will it into existence and i will try my very hardest to make sure that i get to talk to larry fucking charles so guys as always i've been your host petrus Patsilis. you have been amazing I will see you next week when I will be talking to frequent caged in collaborator Bob Turnbull to be to be discussing the sequel to Ghost Rider in Ghost Rider The Spirit of Vengeance. I can't wait to see you then. So until next time, catch you later. Bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. 
If you'd like to learn more about breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.